so today we're talking to Roman. Hi, Roman. Hello. Roman is a software engineer at uh, Walmart, and he's also the creator of Joker. And this is what we are going to focus the discussion today. So uh, what is Joker actually for me? I thought it's a linter and then it's actually a bit more. So where do we start with that? Yeah, so Joker is a small um, interpreter, closure interpreter and linter written in Go. Uh, most people use it as a linter, um, but it's first and foremost is an, is an interpreter. It's a single binary executable file that has uh, no dependencies. There is no installation process required. It works on Mac OS, Windows, Linux, um, on 64-bit architecture. 32-bit um, 32, may or may not work. I don't officially support that. Uh, so on, if you're on Mac OS, you can easily install it with Brew um, or Homebrew. Uh, for Linux, there are multiple uh, packages uh, that are maintained by other people. For the most part, it's, it's a subset of Clojure uh, with some limitations. And we'll talk about those limitations later, but the, the main one is that it's single-threaded. And of course, there is no Java interoperability because it's, it's built on top of Go, mm -hmm. not, not Java. Uh, most of the core Clojure language is implemented in Joker, and a big chunk of Clojure.core namespace is also implemented. And it also has a small built-in standard, standard library that is focused on uh, scripting capabilities. Mm -hmm. So what was the rationale of creating it? How did you even start with this project? Yeah, there's a good tradition in Clojure ecosystem to um, provide rationale for projects. I don't have one for Joker. I just created it for fun. Um, actually, it started out as a learning exercise and back in 2015, I guess. Uh, I wanted to teach myself how to write um, a Lisp interpreter from scratch. And by mm -hmm. from scratch, I mean really from scratch in plain C. So I found this mm -hmm. excellent tutorial um, called Scheme from Scratch, and I kind of mm -hmm. went through it. Um, and in, in a few weeks, I, I had a working Lisp interpreter, well, Scheme interpreter. And I thought, okay, that, that's cool, but how can I make it actually useful? Because at that point, it was basically a toy. Uh, and I wanted to, to make it useful, and I started to think about what what can I do with it? And I decided to kind of gradually morph it into something resembling closure because I you know I like closure, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I went from there and it it actually took I think about two years to actually go from this toy language um, to something that is moderately useful and it took two rewrites uh, complete from scratch rewrites of the language. So I went from uh, C, C++ um, to another language called Nim because I, I, I was very frustrated with C, C++. Um, mm -hmm. At some point, I just decided that it was not worth my time. Um, and then I rewrote everything in Nim, uh, which is a pretty cool language, but um, I discovered some downsides at some point. And finally, um, after some you know, search, I, I finally landed um, on Go. And Go turned out to be a perfect language for implementing something like Closure Interpreter. So, and then um, in December 2016, I finally released the first version 
of Joker and published it on GitHub. And when you released it, I mean, did you start to use it also at Walmart for any purposes? Like what were the, like, what was the, the next step, if you will, after you released it with Go or maybe even better, like what was so compelling about Go that you said, yeah, this is the implementation and what was the other pain points in the other languages that you didn't like? Yeah, so let me start with with the language um, pain points, I guess. C C plus plus is very powerful, powerful, but it's sort of pain to work with. I think like mm-hmm. you have to be an expert uh, in C C plus plus to be effective at it. Uh, and I um, mm-hmm. I knew C and C plus plus. I used it at, at back in college, but I I've never used it professionally, so I was not really an expert and. At some point, I just decided that, you know, after having a, another uh, segmentation fault error and debugging it for hours, I just decided it was not worth my time. Um, and then um, the, the Go language turned out to be a very good fit because, well, first of all, it's a good language. Uh, it's a very simple, minimalistic, uh, very well designed, in my opinion. And uh, it, it you know, compiles to native code. Uh, it supports uh, multiple platforms. You can actually cross-compile to other platforms. So, for example, I create binaries for Linux and Windows uh, using my macOS laptop. So that that's cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing is that it has excellent support for dynamic dispatch with interfaces and type assertions. And this is something that is uh, heavily used in uh, Closure uh, mm-hmm. in closure code. So that um, uh, yeah, that, that that was a very good fit. I felt like um, for uh, mm-hmm. for closure interpreter. And then as for usage at Walmart, yeah, I started to use it personally first, of course, uh, for kind of one-off scripts, and realized that it's actually pretty nice for scripting tasks. And then at some point, I also realized that. I can actually use Stroker to warn me about um, issues with my code because, you know, it has to read the code and parse it and analyze it. And at, at, at that point, it understands a lot about the code. So it can prompt you about any potential errors in your code. So I kind of started to, to work on linting capabilities for Joker and started to use it again personally. And then I shared that, shared it with, uh, with my team at Walmart and uh, some people also started to use it uh, as a linter. And then it kind of gradually, the usage kind of gradually increased. And uh, now we use Joker for a lot of our infrastructure automation at at, um, at Walmart. Well, at least on my team. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, there are some parts uh, that are similar to Clojure. So what are the differences between Clojure? Yeah, so the main difference is that it's built on top of Go and not Java. So anything uh, related to Java is not implemented for obvious reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. The other main difference is that it's single-threaded. There is no concurrency or parallelism uh, in any form at this point. And then primitive types are different in Joker. So they are mostly wrappers around uh, Go language uh, types. And uh, just this set of primitive types is much smaller than what Clojure provides. And that is because I just didn't think that it was important enough to have, uh, like, for example, different types of integers 
like 32-bit, 64-bit, etc. It's just not important enough for scripting. Then the set of persistent data structures is much smaller. It, it does have an array map, hash map, map set, list, vector, but uh, that's basically it. Um, mm -hmm. Then a lot of functionality that I didn't think was important for scripting is just not implemented. So things like protocols, records, chunked sequences, uh, primitive arrays, transducers, uh, sorted maps or sets, um, they're just not implemented. Uh, the um, closure.core namespace, so a big chunk of that is implemented, but not, not everything. Again, whenever I thought it was not important enough, I just left it out. And you know, the sort of cosme cosmetic um, differences that uh, Joker namespaces uh, um, st start with a Joker prefix instead of closure. Mm -hmm. So what kind of Joker namespaces do we have there? Uh, so Joker.core is basically analog uh, to uh, closure.core. And then there mm -hmm. is a um, small but gro growing standard library uh, that uh, mostly focuses on scripting capabilities like sending HTTP requests, working with file system, running external processes, parsing JSON, YAML, um, CSV files, etc. So the namespaces would be like joker.http, joker.yaml, joker.json, uh, joker.os to, commu to communicate with operating system. So when you started to write this in Go, like how familiar were you with Go? Like what was your level of proficiency? Well, actually, I sort of learned uh, Go language as I uh, tried to implement Joker in Go. So it was mm -hmm. it was sort of learning exercise for me in terms of uh, learning how to write an interpreter and also in terms of learning Go as a language. So I wasn't mm -hmm. really familiar so how, with Go. Mm -hmm. So how does it work? In how how is it implemented? What are the internals? Yeah. So I mean, as any uh, Lisp interpreter um, or compiler for that matter, it goes through phases. So there is a read phase, a parse phase, and eval phase. So mm -hmm. read phase just reads the source code and transforms transforms it into data structures like list vectors, maps. Um, at that point, there is no semantic information about the code. It just basically transforms everything into a soup of data structures. And the next step is parse. I think it's called analyzing closure. And that phase takes these data structures and transforms them, uh, them into so-called AST, abstract syntax tree. Mm -hmm. And that right. um, thing is also a set of data structures, but it has much richer information about the code, about the semantics. It has everything that it needs to actually execute it. Um, so. And the other thing that happens during parse phase is macro expansion. Um, mm -hmm. And then the, the last phase is eval, so evaluate. And that is different from closure. So in closure, that, that phase is you know, actually emitting bytecode, actually compiling into uh, bytecode. And for Joker, it basically evaluates the AST directly. So it's actually pretty naive approach to interpreting things. Uh, it's pretty slow because it does not try to optimize uh, anything. It just directly evaluates uh, AST. But that is sort of 
Um, that was a deliberate decision on my side. I decided not to focus on performance at all because, again, the use case, the main use case is scripting. And uh, usually you don't need performance for scripting tasks. If you do need performance, then you can always use Clojure. Okay, so we talked briefly about uh, the differences between Clojure and uh, Joker. Uh, and we touched base on the JVM that this is multi-threaded and Go is not. So how about the Go interop? Yeah, uh, so Joker has very limited Go interop. It doesn't have access to Go functions, arbitrary Go functions or types or methods. Um, there is a small uh, fixed set of built-in types and interfaces that it um, that it can use. Um, so dot notation does not work in Joker. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, for obvious reasons, you can't call you know Java methods or anything like that. Uh, but like I, like I said, there is a standard standard library, uh, and that is largely a set of wrappers around Go standard library. And those wrappers are actually implemented um, kind of a lot of those wrappers are actually generated automatically. So the way it works is that I kind of declare what I want to expose in Joker that is already implemented in Go standard library. So I kind of declare that, uh, and then there is a Go program that reads that declaration and transforms that into uh, Go code that you know implements that functionality in terms of Go standard library. So a lot of uh, standard Joker standard library is kind of automatically generated, um, but that still you know requires uh, uh, manual exposure. Like uh, for example, if you want to expose some specific functionality that you already have in Go standard library, you still have to kind of go through uh, go through it and uh, decide uh, okay which function which functions you want to expose, uh, and that. But that what works fine for uh, simple types uh, with obvious mappings between Joker and Go. For example, Joker.String namespace. This is mostly a set of functions that manipulate strings. They take strings as a, as arguments and then return strings. And there is obvious mapping between Joker string type and uh, Go string type. So that can be easily automated. Um, uh, things that require you know, special types, structures, and interfaces, they are more complicated and usually require manual uh, coding. What about like the future? Is there a plan to, I don't know, uh, include all of those things that are sort of not there and make closure on another platform? Not really. Uh, I mean, it's, it's actually a lot of work to uh, provide wrappers, even, even if you don't implement them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even if it's just basically a wrapper around Go functionality, it's, it's still a lot of work to, to provide those wrappers. Um, so there is an experimental fork that um, takes this approach, uh, and that's not, that's not uh, my fork. It's, it's a developer named James created this fork that tries to take this to a whole new level. So his um, fork actually tries to analyze Go source code uh, you know, standard library, Go standard library source code, and generates uh, wrappers automatically for Joker whenever it can. Um, so that is a very interesting idea. I'd like to look into that a little bit more, but uh, didn't have time yet. So what are your future plans for the Joker? 
Yeah, so um, there is no official roadmap. Um, it's largely still a one-person project. Uh, I do get contributions from other people, um, but uh, by and large, it's, it's mostly just me. Um, so currently, I am experimenting uh, with a formatting feature so that uh, okay. Joker could uh, format your closure or closure script code because I've always been frustrated with uh, the way my you know, indentation mode in Sublime Text works. It just doesn't work that great all the time. So, and since Joker does know a lot about the code, um, it can you know, intelligently decide where to put indentations and stuff. So you know, there is a lot of um, tools in other ecosystems to do that, and I think in Clojure as well. That's one thing that I'm working on. And the other thing is um, I really want to look into uh, concurrency and parallelism. Uh, that's a very, I think, complex and complicated topic, especially uh, since Joker was not designed to be parallel or multi-threaded at all, um, mm -hmm. retroactively um, implementing something like that is kind of challenging. But that is really something that I that I want to look into because we do have use cases um, for these sort of things. For example, if you need to call some sort of HTTP API uh, multiple times, um, sometimes you just don't want to, to wait for the response to come back before you make uh, the next call. So right. there are definitely use cases for this. And uh, yeah, that's something that I'd like to look into. Um, I, I think... Um, the most likely route that I'm going to take is to keep Joker, Joker single-threaded, but implement some sort of async I.O. so that uh, you, know, you can issue an HTTP request and uh, get a callback later maybe, or maybe implement some sort of future. Um, mm -hmm. But in, you know, the model will be similar to Node.js, I think, where it's still single-threaded, but it has async I.O. Or maybe I could uh, implement some sort of bindings and leverage uh, Go, you know, native channels and Go routines. Because Go itself is, you know, has excellent story for uh, asynchronous programming with channels and Go routines, but it's just not exposed in Joker yet. Right. Yeah. This is what I was actually thinking because I think the whole story with Core Async came with this Go channels, right? Where where just the Core Async was influenced by the Go. Yep. Uh, as as far as I know, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, is there anything else um, we should mention? I think uh, people should know that, like, of course, they use they can use Linter, the Joker Linter. There's multiple extensions in different editors, like Atom, Sublime, or uh, what have you, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, right. as a Linter, Joker can lint Closure, Closure script code. Of course, it can also lint Joker code. It's, it's a very simple flow, so it just reads the, the source code and it um, outputs the uh, warnings or errors to the standard output. And that means that it can easily be integrated with pretty much any uh, editor. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I maintain uh, a plugin for Sublime Text because this is what I use. And since Emacs is huge in Clojure ecosystem, I also maintain a plugin for Emacs. And other people maintain plugins for Vim, Atom, and Visual Studio Code. Yeah, so it's it's pretty easy to set up, and it, it's sort of 
free help. Um, I find it really, really useful. And whenever it you know stops working for whatever reason, I kind of panic because I just don't get this instant feedback about you know the code that I write. Right. Yeah, I second that. I, I love Joker. I've been using it for a long time. And yeah, uh, I really appreciate your work here. When we use the linter, what's the difference between Joker in linter mode and Joker as an interpreter? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, Joker did not start uh, its life as a linter. It, it, it was you know, implemented as an interpreter. And then when I decided to also make it a linter, I realized that there is a lot of differences between uh, evaluating code and linting code. Although Joker has the AST after parsing the code, um, it may have to do different things with that AST in linter mode. So for example, um, if there is an error during the parse phase, um, in linter mode, it may make more sense to um, issue a warning instead of an error and kind of continue parsing the rest of the code because you don't want to just stop at the first error and then uh, kind of bail. Um, it makes more sense to parse the entire file and uh, issue as many warnings as possible. Whereas if it evaluates the code, then it, you know, it has to stop if there is an error. And on, on the other hand, some things that are perfectly fine from the interpreter perspective may warrant an, uh, an issue warning uh, in linter mode. For example, if there is a empty body in your LED binding or a function with an empty body. So that probably indicates some sort of problem or you, know, you probably forgot to implement it or something. So linter should be able to pick things like this up uh, but it's perfectly valid code from interpreter perspective. So the way it's implemented in Joker is not super elegant. So I basically have this linter mode global flag, Boolean flag, and it's set to true if Joker is running in linter mode. And then uh, all over the code base, there is this uh, conditions like if linter mode, then do this, otherwise do that. So it's not super elegant, but uh, it, it works and I haven't run into many issues with that approach yet. Um, mm -hmm. And then, uh, so the way it works, it, it, reads the, it goes through the first two phases, uh, read and parse for the source code. So anything that it can find during those two phases uh, will be uh, output as warnings. So if your code is completely broken, for example, uh, your parentheses are unbalanced, then the read phase will fail completely and it will um, output an error about that. Then during the parse phase, if your syntax is incorrect, uh, for example, if you don't have a condition in your if statement or if form, I should say, then it will break again. So the, the, the parsing will break and uh, linter will output an error. And then, um, since parse phase also includes macro expansion, uh, so any built-in macros uh, will get evaluated during linting, linting phase. Um, so if any built-in macro throws an exception, it will be uh, output as, an, as a warning or error uh, by, by the linter. 
And then um, okay. after everything is done, if uh, reading and parsing succeeds, then it also goes through a separate sort of pass on the code and tries to find things that are suspicious, like unused namespaces, bars or lead bindings, empty body. Um, it can also uh, hint about type mismatch. So many core functions in Joker are tagged with types. So their arguments and return values are, type, uh, are tagged with types. So it knows that, for example, ink function you know, accepts a number and returns a number. So if you try to pass a literal string to it, um, it's not going to work. So it will issue a warning about that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, and one other thing that I wanted to mention here is that, of course, uh, closure, since it has macros, is pretty challenging for linting. And the problem is that macro is basically a function that can transform your source code into arbitrary other code, right? So you can't reliably lint that because you don't know what it's going to look like after, after this transformation. So Joker has to make some assumptions about, uh, about that. And by default, whenever Joker sees a call, it assumes that it's a function call, not a macro call. So if it, um, if it sees, for example, uh, something like def uh, something, uh, and uh, some sort of parameter passed to that, it assumes that def something is, is a function because it doesn't actually know whether or not it's a functional macro. And that means that that parameter that is passed to, to that function has to be a valid resolved symbol. Uh, it, it, it has to be something that Joker can resolve correctly. But if def something is actually a macro, not a function, then it actually, it may define that symbol, like def something foo. And that, that foo is an entity that def something you know, creates, like def test, for example. Everyone is familiar with def test, and then you name your test. So you create a test, and that uh, test name is uh, a new symbol, and it's not resolved anywhere because it's actually defined by, by def test. But Joker does not know that it's, it's defined. So, and that leads to false positives because uh, Joker will complain that that symbol cannot be resolved. But fortunately, uh, it can be relatively easily uh, resolved, or at least the number of false positives can be reduced by um, uh, configuring Joker. So there is a, a .joker configuration file that you can um, uh, create, uh, and uh, you can uh, add known macros to, to that file so that a joker knows that, for example, def something, if you know that def something is a macro, uh, you can add that uh, macro to non macros list and joker will know that this is a macro and it will not complain about any simple resolution uh, issues. So this is dot, dot joker file, right? Yep. Or, or where you can specify a couple of things. Yeah, I, I need to do a better job at documenting all the different options in. Um, the Joker file, because right now it's uh, it's all documented in the readme file, but it's sort of ad hoc and driven by use case. 
but the most important thing in that file is null macros list, where, like mm-hmm. I said, you just list all the macros that you that you you know know about, uh, mm-hmm. and then right. Joker will just skip uh, symbol resolutions inside those uh, macros mm-hmm. and will not right. complain about uh, symbol resolution errors. So Roman, this means great. Uh, I'm very impressed by like how you put it together that you learned Go and actually wrote this at the same time. So um, super impressive stuff. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.